0: come into it with this mindset that you're the female breadwinner you're the boss and the only way you're going to have a happy marriage is if he conforms
1: does talking about your money make you cringe are you tired of fighting about finances do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Over the past decade, She has empowered thousands of people to break money silence at home and at work. Now, here is Kathleen. Today
2: we have a very special program for you at Breaking Money Silence. I actually was reading a research paper not that long ago on female breadwinners and really liked what I heard. And so I decided to invite uh, one of the writers of that research paper on Breaking Money Silence and also a colleague of hers uh, that she does work with to talk about the topic of female breadwinners. And anybody who follows my work knows that's near and dear to heart. So today, we actually have two people, two professionals that are from Guam. And so uh, Guam, for anybody who doesn't know, you should know, but it's an island off the Pacific. It is a U.S. territory, and it happens to be a place that I lived between the ages of uh, eight and 10. I have very fond memories of being a Navy brat on Guam. And so today, we're joined by Melanie Mendola, And Risha Ogwin. And so I'm going to have each of you, before we get into the myth, say a little bit about the work that you do. Just, you know, one or two sentences. So, Risha, why don't we start with you?
3: Okay. I am a licensed professional counselor. I have my own practice. I serve individual couples, families. And I also teach a class at the University of Guam.
2: Melanie, tell us a little bit about what you're up to. Sure, sure. My current job is as the administrator CEO of the Guam Economic
0: Development Authority. And, and this is the um, organization that helps to build the economy towards Guam by diversifying our industries and working towards growing our small businesses, in addition to managing the government of Guam's uh, finances and municipal debt my background's primarily in, in finance. I was a financial advisor for a number of years. I was a retirement counselor for a number of years. So it's always been a background in finance with a pretty deep interest in nonprofit work. And my research came from uh, when I was doing my master's degree in financial planning at Kansas State University.
2: Let's take a moment and have you say what your myth is and why you picked it. And so, Risha, why don't you say a little bit about what we're going to talk about today?
3: Okay, so the myth that we picked was female breadwinners have unhappy marriages. And I think Mel and I, we chose that because that was part of the presentation that we had done recently.
2: Mel, anything you want to add to that?
3: I think one of the things I wanted to add was that being a, a female breadwinner
0: is is more common than you probably think. Um, there's, there's differing reports across the nation, but um, the U.S. census data will say one in four the Wall, uh, NBC Wall Street poll said 42%. The Bureau of Labor Statistics will say 29% of women earn more than their husbands. So you're looking at pretty inconsistent information across the board about the number of female breadwinners. So our title was of our presentation that we did for a number of female breadwinners and others was called female breadwinners. You are not alone. He is not the enemy. So when we picked this myth, we wanted to say, you know, don't come into it with this mindset that you're the female breadwinner, you're the boss. And the only way you're going to have a happy marriage is if he conforms to whatever it is that you want, because you're the female breadwinner and you're the boss.
2: What I'm really curious about is why do you think it is very pervasive in our society That there is this belief that somehow if you are a woman who has money and you have power, which means you're a female breadwinner in some regards, that somehow that means we have to be unhappy in some part of our lives. And so if we are going to be breadwinners, then we're going to have bad marriages, whereas you don't say the same thing about men. It would be silly to say, you know, male earners or male breadwinners have unhappy marriages. So why do you think it is that we have this stereotype that is uh, perpetuated? Um, it maybe talks to the
0: research where we learn a lot of our money behaviors and our beliefs about money. Um, one of the number one factors contributing to that is our parents. So um, there's some research out there, I believe, that shows that if your parents were bad with, were overextended, then you might be overextended, right? If your parents were great savers, you might be a great saver. So a lot of what we learn. Um, our financial socialization our fi- and um, and all of that comes from our parents. And so if you grow up in a quote-unquote traditional household wherein you've been raised to believe that the man's job is to be the breadwinner and the female's job is to support the home or to specialize in one area or the other, then you may come into your marriage with this belief. And then when your marriage doesn't kind of conform to that belief, then you think that Well, this isn't how it's supposed to be. And then it becomes a situation of unmet expectations and things that should be happening that aren't happening.
2: That's a great explanation. And Risha, do you have any particular situations that come to mind? Obviously, you need to maintain confidentiality, but where you see a pattern of women who are earning more than men and that becoming problematic in the marriage?
3: Well, one particular couple that that's standing out to me, not necessarily that the woman was the female breadwinner, but she made a good amount of money, and what happened was they didn't share their their income; they just split everything in the middle. So, so that was part of the conflict, and unfortunately, didn't they ended up in divorce because a part of that was that she didn't feel that there was any camaraderie or team effort. With the finances, she felt separated in that they separated their finances. So so I think, you know, that in itself explains that it's, it's maybe more deeper than than the financial aspect of making money, where it's more, what are we doing with our money or how are we sharing our money or how are we separating our money?
2: So I often talk about, you know, money being a symptom. And so it sounds like, Risha, what you're talking about is this may have been a symptom. It happened to be around money, but of something else that was deeper or more pervasive in the marriage that led it to be, a, you know, a situation where it ended in divorce.
3: Absolutely. And it, and it comes out sometimes in the form of money or the form of how we share our more money or how we share our money in terms of our duties. If a female is a breadwinner, you know, are we sharing our duties equally?
2: Well, in the research that I've read, and and I'm sure, Mel, that you might have read this research and in Risha as well, is the idea that if women are earning you know, the same or more than their male counterpart, they're still doing the majority of the housework, the majority of the activities outside of work, and that often leads them to be extremely stressed, where on average, men don't pick up that slack in the same way, that they may be the primary breadwinner and really just focus on breadwinning, um, and that can lead to tension.
0: Mel, thoughts on that? Yes, I think once upon a time in um, in a traditional household, You had a husband and a wife wherein there was specialization in the marriage where the husband was the breadwinner and the wife focused on what was going on at home. And oftentimes there was no overlap in knowledge about the ins and outs and the intricacies of each other's role, right? There was this almost a a higher degree of specialization, right? And then as women entered into the workforce and then as women started to earn more than their spouses the degree of specialization didn't just do an even swap you know a lot of marriages a lot of a lot of times nowadays they're saying you know your career isn't really a um, it's not a ladder anymore it's more of a seesaw wherein sometimes you're up and sometimes you're making more money and sometimes you're making less money and in marriages a female breadwinner isn't necessarily something that's a permanent situation over a number of years. Sometimes it's a temporary situation because perhaps your spouse went back, your partner went back to school or because your spouse or your partner got laid off and then perhaps they bounce back and go back to being the, so, so one of the things I think that to understand is, it's a complex, um, it's a complex situation, but a lot of, I think the difference is that, um, and, and it shows in the research that women continue to do a lot of the household work. Women continue to do a lot of the child rearing. And a lot of times because our female breadwinners feel like they're alone, they feel like there's nowhere to kind of, there's that, that, um that they need to cope alone. And a lot of times the coping alone involves these sort of Uh, maladaptive behaviors that Risha and I um, spoke about in our, um, in our presentation. So instead of coping with um, by communication, they cope by resentment and
2: arguing. Okay. And so Risha, can you say a little bit more about the maladaptive coping mechanisms? So maybe an example or two. So I think one of, one of the,
3: the, the facts in Mel's research, right? Let's use that one is with female breadwinners, um, the male is more likely to cheat, right? I think male is that correct and and it could be the maladaptive factor where if they grew if the male grew up in a household where their father was the main breadwinner and somehow for whatever reason now the female is and they're starting to feel some shame and, and They don't know how to to really express that to their partner. So then it comes out in anger or, or it comes out in resentment. So then they end up doing something like cheating right instead of instead of Really getting to to the core feeling which is they're ashamed that they can't be the supportive breadwinner anymore But if you talk through that Then you move forward and and it kind of you move through that maladaptive feeling and situation and, and then you become Better at accepting that, you know, you're not carrying the traditional role that your father had and
2: it's okay And one of the things that I train financial advisors on is actually shifting gender roles and how they can help couples have conversations at a high level, not as deep as you would go, Risha, in your work uh, with a couple, but at a high level around, okay, if you're both earning the same amount or she's earning more or he's earning more you know, what does that mean for the roles and responsibilities in the family? How do you make investment decisions together? How do you make savings decisions? How do you decide about child care? And really opening the lines of communication. So, you know, while the myth that you two brought today is female breadwinners have unhappy marriages, it really strikes me that it's less about whether it's a man or a woman who's a breadwinner and more about these shifting gender roles. And we just don't have a roadmap for how to do this but open communication can really help and so mel what did you in your research or in your experience uh, do you have any tips for people who are listening in who say you know what i'm in that situation i'm a female breadwinner uh, or i'm contributing a, a fair amount my marriage isn't unhappy but there are some issues around money that come up like do you have any thoughts about what people could start talking about or thinking about or even concrete financial tips that they could follow
0: Sure, sure. You know, a number of the things that came up in the research was one, female breadwinners are by and large delaying, well, they're delaying major investment decisions, meaning they're taking longer to purchase their first home. They're taking, they're putting off saving for retirement. Uh, They're putting off making important long-term financial decisions. And a lot of that is because these female breadwinners feel alone, right? And there's some shame. Risha mentioned the shame earlier. When it comes to talking to financial advisors, by and large, the financial services industry still continues to cater largely to traditional quote-unquote households. Let's say you were to walk into a financial advisor's office and you walked in with your spouse and the financial advisor didn't really know that much about you. Chances are your financial advisor a lot of times would direct the conversation to the man. And a lot of women, you know, they, they don't feel comfortable once that happens. They don't feel comfortable sharing. Remember, we're working with some deep-seated stuff here, right? And so they're walking into a financial advisor. They feel uncomfortable with the fact that they make money, the make more money than their spouse. Um, the person they're talking to, rather, they don't feel uncomfortable. The really great thing about, the, the really interesting thing about the research was the women themselves weren't ashamed of how much they made. However, they said that they felt like the, their external sort of uh, the, their family, their friends, society made them feel ashamed because society was saying, this is the traditional way. And so for the female breadwinners out there, well, I guess maybe it's twofold. First, if you're in the financial services profession, if you're an advisor, an insurance agent, look out for your female breadwinners because they're out there and they're they're delaying a lot of their, these very, very important decisions. And some of that is because they feel like they have the weight on the world of the world on their shoulders. And some of that is because they're waiting for something to happen. They're waiting for a shift to take place and their husbands to magically make more money than them. And then their traditional life will begin. Right. Mm-hmm. So it could, should be your job to wake them up to what is, what is the financial reality of today? Right. Right. And then the second part of it is for our female breadwinners know that this is becoming more and more common number 1 but number two society is still not used to you society is not used to you and the things that cause you anxiety right and so in order to so it's so important not just to go online and read the books and 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 look at financial calculators but to actually get to the heart of what is making you feel the way you feel about money? What is making you make those decisions about money and how you can make, um, how, you can, how you can do that, to, how, how you can make your life better by, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's gonna be a one of a kind, everybody almost needs a tailored solution for their situation, you know? We're at the point where everything has to be bespoke. It cannot just be one size fits all.
2: I completely agree. I also think that what you're talking about is really meeting your client where they're at. And so I think it's twofold. I mean, I'm doing what I can do. And there's other women in the U.S. at least who are really doing some training and some research around female breadwinners and how can we bring this message to financial advisors so they can be more helpful to all different types of couples. I mean, female breadwinners is just one type of, you know, couple. There's same-sex couples. There's couples where they, you know, share the finances completely. There's the seesaw marriage that you talked about. One is making more, one is making less, and that, that varies through the lifetime. But really talking to advisors about how they can do a better job and, and really training them around these shifting gender roles and and at least opening their eyes to there might be some issues that are deeper than they're used to dealing with, but at least being aware that they may be there. I think second fold, and it's really interesting to me because I certainly occasionally have felt a little bit of ambivalence about being a female breadwinner, uh, or certain times where I thought, boy, I wish he'd do X, Y, and Z. And and so I think as women, we need to learn to embrace our power and to become more comfortable with sometimes we are going to be the primary earner or we're going to be contributing a lot. And so it's really kind of a complicated myth that you brought um, and a juicy myth that you brought here to the show. Before we end, because time goes very quick on this show, but before we end, I'm wondering if... The money myth is female breadwinners have unhappy marriages. What would be the actual true statement? Like, what would be the truth if you had to put it in a statement? And Risha, I don't know if you have any thoughts. And if not, we can toss it over to Mel.
3: I think for me, it would be female breadwinners can
2: have happy marriages. Excellent. And give us a tip or two as to what that would take.
3: Well, the most general cliche, of course, is communication, obviously, but also being aware of what your money beliefs are, your core money beliefs, as well
2: as your partner's core money beliefs. So really breaking money silence in your partnership. Any last words to add to that, Mel? Um, One of the things is know
0: what Brings you joy in your marriage, okay? And do your best to, as Risha had mentioned, communicate that to your partner, because you know one of the top things that we found out was if there's equality in chores, our female breadwinners were happy. And I thought to myself, so all you have to do is transmit to him how happy it makes you that he does the dishes or whatever it is, right? And so it could be a, a, a female breadwinners can have happy marriages. Um, You got to put in the
2: work. Right. (laughs) It's a great place to end. And uh, I am going to go home and tell my husband that it would be really great for him to do an extra chore. I'd be a happier female breadwinner, and I'm sure he'll comply. So thank you both for Breaking Money Silence with me. Thank you for having us. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information, or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.